0: Hey, this is Elia Einhorn, podcast producer here at the Talk House, and I'm joined by Nick
1: Dawson, editor-in-chief of Talk House Film.
0: Behind the board is Mark Yoshizumi, our lead engineer and co-producer of the podcasts. Guys, I am looking at an email from the Webby's. Subject, congratulations, you are an official Webby honoree. Woohoo! Feels so good. This is really a great accolade. Thank you so much to the Webbies. And Nick, thank you for putting together such an amazing episode
1: so yeah, the episode that, that we received this honor for was uh, the Paul Rubin's Kid Cuddy talk, which was my sort of crazy far-fetched dream. That, well,
0: you knew something that none of us did, which is that Cuddy is a huge Pee Wee Herman fan.
1: Yeah, Cuddy grew up on Pee Wee and, and just, like, it had a very special place for him as a kid. And And what we didn't know at the time, or I didn't know at the time, was that he and Paul had spent time together five years back after meeting at, a, at an awards show party.
0: Right, and this is so interesting. Cuddy talks a lot about this in the podcast. He talks about not having much materially as a kid, but how he had Pee Wee every Saturday and how much that meant to him. Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about when he met Paul Rubens five years before they sat down to record this podcast. It's at a huge Hollywood party. He's at a time when he's feeling very overwhelmed by his newfound fame. And all of a sudden, he finds solace in Pee Wee.
1: Yeah, he was kind of brought back to that feeling of being a kid and having something to sort of something that felt comforting and and felt like home. Now, Nick, this episode was a great concept, and both sides were into it, but
0: it didn't necessarily come together quite so easily.
1: Right. I mean, I was I flew out there because I was I was so determined that this was going to happen. And we don't fly out to produce no, podcasts. We'll do it o- remotely. This is the only time I've ever done that. And uh, there was this kind of absurd situation where I was on the on the plane. And I'm like emailing Cuddy's manager, and I'm saying, Now, I know you said, th- like, yes, this is happening like three or four times, but please just tell me like one more time because I'm on the plane. I'm coming. <laughs> you need like.
0: Please assure me I haven't just come out to LA for no reason.
1: Exactly. And on the day itself that we recorded this, uh, Cuddy got stuck in traffic. Uh, Paul was there early. Things were. Uh, he he had to leave uh, earlier than I, I thought he did, so things got a little tense just in terms like just just for me. Like oh, I was sure. worried it's this stressful. thing was was not going to happen. But but just the fact that those guys had history that that Cuddy is so charming that those guys do have this way of connecting that I think is really special. Uh, even though Paul had to leave at three o'clock that afternoon, and we start we were supposed to start at two.
0: And you thought at one point that he was going to have to leave before Cuddy was able to make it.
1: Exactly, Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, and you hear in the episode th- the sound of, of two alarms going off, on both on Paul's like, digital watch and his iPhone, that were the signal for him having to leave, but those alarms went off and they kept talking.
0: They just keep going. He's enjoying it so much, he ignores the fact that he definitely needs to go to be on time for his next appointment, and they just keep talking.
1: Yeah, it was such a cool thing to be in the room with them and, and to listen to them talk and... And to see the way that they interact and, and, you know, once the mics were off, they just kept talking as they were walking out of the studio and I'm really glad I went out there to, to be there for that.
0: I'm so glad you did too, both that you got to witness it and that it happened at all. I mean, one thing that I think is so fantastic about this episode is the conscious vulnerability that they bring to it. Especially Cuddy, who talks a lot about being in uncomfortable places in his life, He Here's a quote where he's talking about when he first met Paul, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it past that year. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about alive. Yeah. Now, of course, later last year, Cuddy checks himself into what he calls rehab for depression.
1: Yeah, he was, obviously, like, the things that he talked about in that episode were those issues did not disappear. They, they were still there. And, and you know, he's somebody who you look at and and he makes everything seem so easy. He's charming. He's talented. He's... He, he seems really easy in the world but you know fame comes at a, at a heavy cost and famous people they the demons that we have as human beings are still don't disappear
0: they don't and thankfully he is able to channel them into his art he released the fantastic record passion pain and demon Slaying in December of last year which of course addresses a lot of these topics very directly
1: yeah yeah and and it's good to see that you know he seems to be doing well right now and I think it's always healthy to to have people address their difficulties in their art. And, and it's cool
0: to see him doing that. It is, it is. Big love to Kid Cuddy. big love to Paul Rubens. Well, Nick, you seem really busy. Let me let you let me run and let's roll the episode in its entirety. Let's do it.
1: Hi, this is Nick Dawson, the Editor-in-Chief of Talk House Film, and you're listening to the Talk House Film Podcast. Today's episode is a special one. For a start, because this is, well, something of an unlikely pairing. And also because the two artists in conversation are both incredibly gifted and magnetic personalities. On April 12th, 2016, at Boulevard Recording in Los Angeles, the studio where Pink Floyd recorded The Wall, Kid Cuddy sat down to talk with Paul Rubens, whose new movie, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, is out now through Netflix. What do these two people have in common, I hear you ask? Well, Cuddy grew up a huge fan of Pee-wee's Playhouse and actually first met Rubens five years ago when Cuddy was acting under his birth name, Scott Miscuddy, in the HBO show How to Make it in America. For all their differences in age and background, the two have one huge thing in common, which is that they are born entertainers. And that's something you'll know yourself if you've ever seen a Pee-wee movie or been to a Cuddy show, or if you've watched Rubens in, say, Blow or his recent guest spots in Gotham or Cuddy's performances in films as diverse as James White and Need for Speed. But to really understand how they click, it's maybe best just to listen to their conversation, which touches on how they first met, Ruben's journey to bring Pee Wee Herman back to the big screen, his excitement about the new Jungle Book movie, Cuddy's strong dislike of skunks and a recent encounter with a mountain lion, plus a discussion by both of planned creative projects they've never talked about before.
2: I remembered this morning on my way here that I met you on the exact same day I met Joe Manganiello, who's the co-star of my movie. Right on,
3: right on. And that was like a moment I replay in my mind a lot (laughs) and tell all my friends. Um, But... It was last month, five years ago. That's crazy. And we've known each other that long. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, for me, and just to bring everybody up to speed, uh, when I saw Paul, uh, I forgot the party. I think it was like an Emmys party, something like that. Um, Some after party. And I kind of geeked out. I had a few drinks, but I just lost lost it when I saw him because I'm just such a big fan. And, you know, a lot of my friends and, and you know, he's just such an, an idol of mine. Everybody that I know idolizes him. And, and you know, I have T-shirts at home. Uh, so to see him in in the flesh at that moment,
2: it was... Well, that was, was the same for me too because yeah. you had just come off of your HBO show. It was yeah, an yeah, HBO yeah. party. Right, right. That's and what it was. And you had just come off that show, so I was like freaked out to see you too, it wow. was really exciting. Man, that was that was wild for me. That was actually early
3: on one of the freakiest moments uh, meeting someone that I was a fan of in real life. Where you try to keep your composure and it's like, if I get, I can't. And what's the <laughs> point
2: anyway, who cares? Like yeah. that stuff, no, like three people uh did that to me that night yeah. and and uh, all three people i'm like now friends with so yeah. it was like super cool keeping it real you know yeah. Not,
3: but you know over the years i noticed that that is rare um it's rare that another artist comes to another artist and acknowledges their art and just praises them you know and it's because it's, it's so competitive or maybe there's some egos but like if i'm a fan of somebody's stuff i'm gonna let them know and it's beyond fandom it's it's something else uh so it was the spirit of my childhood. So even watching the new movie with my mom, who had to deal with me hogging the TV early mornings, <laughs> you know, watching the show and her sitting down enjoying it with me and like really enjoying it. It was it brought back so many memories, even the opening um, Claymation production credits. It was cool, man. It's like, man, this is just like I'm tuning in to PBS Playhouse all over again. So Where is your mom? Is your mom here? She just left, actually. She was visiting me for a week. Uh, she went back to Cleveland. And it's freezing there. She didn't want to go. But I, tried to, I tried to get her to stay. She, she's got her life, you know. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you some questions about the film. I was actually supposed to be in the film, guys, but I couldn't make it out of the studio to be in the scene. It was the whale scene, actually, that you guys were shooting. Yeah. Um, and I was really, really bummed about that. Um, and especially watching the film, I was even more pissed. <laughs> but there were a lot of great cameos and... Um, how long did it take you to conceive the idea, to even get get the idea to paper with Paul Rust, and
2: how long from that point to get it on screen? Uh, we probably spent somewhere between six and nine months writing the first draft of it. Wow. Um, I was working uh, here in L.A. on a show, and, and then that show went to Broadway, and so we were working during that time, like on Skype, I would call him when the show came down. Oh, wow. And... You know, midnight or whenever it was, and it would be nine o'clock here in California, and we would just be on Skype for three or four hours. I would uh, I would know it was time to quit when, the, when my lava lamp went off automatically. Yeah. <laughs> it was on a ti- it was on a timer, and when it would, it would go off, and it would be four thirty a.m. Nice, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you got to go to sleep now." But it took us about eight eight or nine months, and then. Um, Four years after oh. that is when it got made. Oh, wow. So we rewrote it several times.
3: Wow, wow. So how did you get to a point where you were like, okay, this is it? Because if you're doing something that long, you had to get to a point where like, I have to let this go. This is my baby, but I have to, you no, know. No,
2: we didn't. No, no, we wrote right right to the very last minute. We nice. met every weekend while we were, it was a seven-week shoot, and every weekend we met and looked at what was coming up that week and rewrote that. Wow! So it was a work in progress,
3: all thing. I think that's how a lot of uh, great stuff is made. Anyway, if you think about some of the other stuff, um, even things I was raised upon, just one movie for example, Evil Dead, uh, which is I'm just a huge horror movie fan, and I just heard about you know a lot of things that were happening on set. They just discovered in the moment, discovering things, trying new things. Throughout the movie, it's these amazing sequences of these gadgets and these gizmos and things going off, and like, it's how did you, who conceived all those ideas? Like, was it was you guys hired someone to just come up with, you know, ideas to come up with the contraption and the chair and in the, the skis? Oh and no, that? no,
2: we came. No, we just wrote that over a period of time, and then we tweaked it a lot right before we were shooting it. When 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 the people came in, it's all inspired by Rube Goldberg right. and. I had done it in my first movie in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And so we, in the time since that movie happened, uh, okay, go, all these people have done a lot of music videos that have that stuff in real time, where somebody spends a really long time figuring all that out. And we didn't have all that luxury. And plus so many people had seen that so many times that I felt like we could just do the movie version of it where, it's all done in editing, and you can kind of tell that it it probably doesn't really work on its own for, yeah. for real, so it was seamless though I mean, I thought everything. I mean, it seemed like even with the, the,
3: the puppets in the opening sequence with the alien, it, you guys could have totally was CGI, but you decided to have a practical puppet on, on the set. Yeah, right, a little bit more. I'm glad you
2: noticed that. Like, Oh, I, come on, I, you
3: know me. I'm I like, love that. Yeah. No,
2: I really liked it too. We, we did talk about CGI, and we just thought it was cool to be old school.
3: Yeah, and it is, because it's like... Um, you're I can tell that you're in the scene with something it's something there in the space Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm getting into acting now or I'm kind of that wall that illusion is broken now for me but you know it's kind of tough for me to watch certain movies because it's just you, you're
2: getting so much CGI mm-hmm. um, oh I saw the jungle book last night what'd you think oh my god have you seen it no oh, but I want to oh it's unbelievable to. <laughs> I mean there's CGI <laughs> for good you know like uh, for, yeah, for you, yeah. they got the best money to oh do the best work god
3: <laughs> like oh it's incredible I it's can't wait incredible. oh man I'm so excited because I'm, my daughter she's discovering these these things I've I've, I've showed her is she
2: like know. first grade now she's six she like 7 she will
3: be in first grade next
2: Year,
3: uh-huh. well, this this year, later this year. Um, so, it's it's interesting to watch her uh, consume Jungle Book like I consumed it as a kid once upon a time. Even she's a new fan of yours. I was meaning to tell, I started to email you this, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna save this for when I see him face to face. My daughter has fallen in love with PB's Playhouse. Well, she has great taste. And, yeah, I can tell. like, and I'm like, well, it's like <laughs> you know, of course, my seed is gonna enjoy the show. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it that's the beauty of. What we do of of art, uh, things that have heart, uh, a a powerful message. Because you know that was something that Pee Wee had for me. It was just this this wondrous heart, this childlike sensibility. And even though in the movie, like when he falls in the well, it was like there's a boy that fell in the well. It's like (laughs) that. Still, for me, is like Pee Wee is like that big kid always. And um, I think now that as an as an adult, I appreciate it in another way. We
2: got a, a call from Netflix to, to tell us after the first weekend that the movie had started streaming on Netflix that it was tracking really great with yeah. kids, and uh, I'm, I'm like super excited about that. And yeah. just to hear you talking about your oh, daughter yeah. watching it too, it's just it's. Uh, we have to send her know. a picture.
3: We have to do something. Okay. We have to do something or personalize a message in Pee Wee's voice saying "Hey Beta" or something. They're just, thirty-five
2: each. The, the
3: photos. I got, I got, no, I'm just I, kidding. I have cash. I have anything you need, <laughs> whatever you need. I wash a car, um, but that's like I said, man. That's that's the, the beauty of uh, about what you do and, and what makes. Well, the you Jungle be Book so is a
2: little tiny bit scary. I gotta say, like oh, okay. uh, for little kids. Okay, your daughter may have to wait a year or two. Even if
3: she guy. saw the original, the cartoon version, she won't be able to like. Oh,
2: I don't know. I don't. I, it well, gets real. I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Well, I took my daughter to
3: Space Mountain. And she did not like that. She was totally freaked out of Space Mountain. So she's she's bold, but she doesn't really like to be frightened. And there's certain movies that she could be freaked out by. Like I showed her um, Never Ending Story. And um, she enjoyed that and wasn't freaked out by the wolf scene. I thought she would be freaked out by the wolf scene. I was freaked out by the wolf scene at the end. Another thing that stood out to me were a lot of the lines like, you know, that were reminiscent of, I I know you are, but what am I? Like, um, let me let you let me go, uh, which I thought was really witty. Did I say it right? Like uh, little, let me let
2: you let me run. Let me let me let you run. Uh, let me run. Uh, that sometimes <laughs> is preceded by, you seem really busy. Like people, yeah. like, like I stole that from a fr- from somebody, a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, nice. who's still my friend, even though I steal all his material. He's not a writer, so I feel like yeah, it's, it's fair it's game. Fair game. Yeah. So he always, like, in the middle of a conversation, he'll say, like, well, listen, you seem really busy. <laughs> yeah. Let me let you let me run. And
1: That's I always so thought good. that
2: was really funny, too. My one that I live for right now is if anybody says, like, you should, you should do this, or why don't you do this? Yeah. If any sentence starts like that, I get really excited because yeah. I know I'm going to go like, why don't you?
3: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I mean, I think that those things though are are what make the the character great. And, and my mom laughed every time you said that in the
2: movie. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Well, I'd like to ask you a question about yeah. your mom. I'm still thinking about your mom. Yeah, your your mom must be funny. Your mom must have like a, <laughs> a sense of humor. Because <laughs> yeah. you're you're funny. Yeah. You you I get it from her.
3: Um, and she's great, man. She's my rock. She spent a week with me and um I need that sometimes. Uh, she, we don't get a chance to, to hang out. Does she cook when lot. she comes out here? No. I like, you the, not I like make to her cook. Make easy, you oh, I, I like to make her take it easy. Yeah. I like to like have her relax and, you know, we, we go out. We uh, went to the Ivy, she loves the Ivy. So we do that, I make sure we do that. I put on the suit, she put on a dress, we did the whole thing. So it's just, I think it's 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 rejuvenating for me to be around that love every once in a while. Um, Does
2: she She must get super excited about your fame too, right?
3: Well, I mean, I'm her son no matter what. It's that the other stuff is the other stuff. And it's been going on so long that we've, we've it's been tough to have you know our time when we go out in public but we've we've been able to like find a balance and go to places that you know a little bit more chill and it's cool no she don't trip on that she's proud though she's really proud i was kind of giving her a hard time because uh, she just had a couple things up on the wall when i came home to visit and i was like what is this shrine <laughs> she's like it's not a shrine i'm proud and i was like oh. uh, no she's she's uh, my best friend I'm really bummed that she left before I was planning. I was trying to get her to stay longer so she could come and see you because she she really enjoyed it. And I was like, I'm seeing him in a couple of days. She was like, Get out! <laughs> so we'll t- we'll take a picture. That if that costs thirty five bucks too, like I said, I have cash. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a break.
2: I'm gonna do it for fifteen.
3: <laughs> nice. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. She's been like one of my main supporters since day one. I moved out to New York when I was
2: 22 to pursue music. Is she was there is there music in your family? Is Yeah,
3: she's she was a music teacher for quite some time, um over 30 years and uh, also a guidance counselor. So choir was always in the house. <laughs> um and I went to Did she
2: push you into? I mean, did she like support you in terms of like a musical career?
3: Yeah. Um she was always encouraging me to sing. I didn't really you know, she she would always say I had a I had a voice. I didn't really um, I didn't see it. Uh, it was always about rapping, you know. But then over time, I was able to splice the both of them in a the way that worked for me, and that's how you know Kid Cudi was born, the early stuff. And, and but the rest is
2: history. Oh yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. like from there, to me, yeah. From there,
3: you know, but it's it's interesting that my mom recognized something. uh before I even did. And I guess that's that's the amazing thing about parents is that's their power, you know, and then she nurtured that and by throwing me into choir against my will uh, <laughs> a lot and <laughs> into the church choir against my will a lot. And um, sometimes there were briberies going on for, for solos and choir, you know, if she, if she would want me to do a solo, I'd say, cool, you, you know, if you give me these Jordans. I'll do it. So like negotiations, you know, going on. It wasn't blackmail, it was like negotiating. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, (laughs) it it always worked out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, uh, music definitely, uh, my musical side, it's it's a lot on her side, but there's some on my father's side too. So I have a splice and and it's, it's it's dope that I've been able to uh, have the confidence to dive into it because I don't think I really did early on. It was like a,
2: something I didn't really see and it wasn't like, you know, something I thought was for me. I was trying to think on the way here. Like, what do we have in common? Like, what's our bond? Like, I met three people on the same night. I met you, Joe Manganello, and Eric Stone Street, the actor from Modern Family. Right. And <clears throat> all three of us, uh, all, all three of those people and me, I feel like we all have one thing. I mean, we have a few things in common, I think. But one thing I think we have in common is, we're all funny. We all like. We all <laughs> wow. like to see. Think, Paul thinks I'm funny. We this all like to. See, no, but you pull humor from your world. Like you yeah. see, you see the the funny things yeah. in life. I know yeah. you do. I've been yeah. with you when you do it, yeah, and yeah. and you get enjoyment out of life. You you. I don't. I don't know you well enough to know. Like, are you like? Is the glass always half full? Right. 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 But. But you're that guy to some degree. You you have joy in life, yeah. and you you see the positive, funny. You draw humor from things, yeah. and Joe does that, and Eric does that, and I do that. And so I just wonder beyond that, like. Um, you know, what do you think it is? Like you, my movie, the plot of my movie is I like look at Joe and we like practically fall in love. I mean, we yeah. just like have this immediate connection. Yeah. And you and me had that. Like, yeah. I mean, the same night yeah. you looked at me and you did kind of geek out and I did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and you said this already. We had this very real moment. I felt like where we yeah. just went, like went like, I like you and you like me. Yeah. And then, Like, let's say I. Yeah. And I was definitely
3: in a weird place in my life at that time. And and. I mean, because fame is a weird thing and I was adjusting. So to see you brought me back to Scott in the midst of Kid Cudi, HBO, you know, what was happening, how to make it in America. It brought me back to like this kid and it was like pure in the moment. So that, that's why I say I, it's something I always remember. Because at that time I was definitely troubled and dealing with a lot, you know, just, I think I released, I was working on releasing my second album by then. I had the HBO show going on. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and like in the, around me. You it's know, confusing. Know who to trust. It's yeah, a yeah. it's a weird time for so, sure. Yeah. So it was like, man, I didn't know if I was ever going to make it past that year. So I was like, man, I saw Paul Rubens, man. Yeah, <laughs> I can die tomorrow. Yeah, it's cool.
2: I felt the same way. Yeah, I really did. That I, I remember that moment really, really crystal clear. Like five yeah. years ago. Hell yeah. Hell
3: yeah. Hell yeah. And that's I don't have. Um, I think the other person I met that night where I geeked out was Stanley, and and that's the only other person I met that night. It's interesting because he said he knew who I was and I was like, I didn't know, but it doesn't matter. I was like, man, this is pretty awesome. But I don't I don't meet people like that and I don't go to those parties anymore. So when I do connect with people, it doesn't even matter in the business, in life. I, I, I like to keep them, you know, and stay close to them. It's, that's a, that's a, a, a real connection, a real energy that you just can miss in a town like this.
2: You yeah. also like to get like you're like I said a minute ago. You're you're funny, but you're also very serious. Like that's yeah, a great yeah, yeah. mixture. That's a, that's I feel like that's my mixture. That's Joe's mixture. Like yeah. a lot of my friends and people that I connect with, it's fun. Like when when we first hung out, the first time we hung out after we met, we got like deep really fast. Yeah, like we yeah, just yeah, yeah. all of a sudden we're having like a real serious conversation oh, yeah. about stuff. We covered like funny subjects, but yeah. we but we got real serious too. And that's yeah. always like refreshing is like kind of a bad word. I don't know what's no, the right word. I mean, but refreshing I, but I like is the that.
3: word, I mean for sure. Cause it's a, when did, when do you have that in this town and, and two people from two different worlds and you know, in a day and age where everything's so, everybody wants to be so segregated and it's all the shit going on in the world and and there's so much ugliness. It's like, man, we need more love and and people embracing one another in that way. Just, you know, appreciating each other's art is a a great start. And um, I don't know, man, I'm I'm just big on just being being upfront (laughs) about shit. And especially when someone has touched my life in a way, especially through their work and you have, Um, we didn't have shit but we had a TV, and we had you on Saturdays and Sundays, whatever it was. I think it was Saturdays, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that was cool. It helped us forget about what was going on, the fact that we didn't have much, but we had fucking PB's Playhouse, and that was cool. It's just a beautiful thing. I never knew I would be in this position to even be meeting you and then even be getting invited to be in the movie and then have this conversation and this one-on-one. This is just still,
2: to me, it's it's... I forgot you too. couldn't be in the movie. Yeah, man, I was pissed. I'm reliving the disappointment I was about pissed. that now.
3: I thought, he, I thought he hated me for a little bit. <laughs> and I was it like, was like, in the no, last minute, get, too. I'm like off the Christmas list, don't get any more Christmas cards or any... You got you know, a card,
2: didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. I, I was
3: waiting for it. I was nervous. I was like, if I don't yeah. get a card, there's beef. I have to go to his house with a fruitcake or something or some salad or like <laughs> some cookies that I made myself. Uh, but I was really bummed and especially it brought back the bummer watching the film because it was just really great it would have been great to be a part of it but next one. we still yeah I'm like I said i'm I'm around'm I'm, I'm, I would love to do more um uh, do stuff with you uh and I have some stuff coming up because I, I noticed you you do a lot even with with Gotham um, oh yeah? and I, I when I heard that you're reprising your role it was like yes this is kind of cool because the Keaton Batman is my favorite Batman, and I remember that second Batman. And it was like, your work outside of Pee Wee I followed, and it's always been great. You know, I, I appreciate Pee Wee, but as an adult, it's just like, man, this is acting, and this is something different too. It's just nice to grow up and watch an actor kind of transition and do something different, and going can appreciate something of theirs as an adult, you know, to watch Blow and be like, wow. Like, that's the coolest character I've ever seen. And he's still cool. Pee-wee's still cool. He's just doing his thing. And it's just like (laughs) a different thing, you know? But also, one of the things that really makes me a fan is even in your characters, like that character in Blow, for example, there's a lot of heart in that character. I didn't That guy wasn't a bad guy, you know? And it pissed me off when everybody... That guy's the
2: only guy in that whole
3: story that never went to jail. Well, he got... Everybody kind of went out... In the end of the scene, it looks like they're going to jail, but in the end of the day, he didn't go in to jail. In the real
2: story though, in the real in real life, that's the only person in that whole story oh, that wow. didn't wind up in wow, jail. Yeah. And he disappeared. Nobody supposedly Nobody knows where it. that guy is. But when we were filming the movie, a couple people came up to me and said like, oh, I know where that guy
3: is. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Costa Rica uh, right now. I just saw him, we FaceTimed uh, last week. <laughs> he said he loved the film. <laughs> he just got a chance to see it. <laughs> On VHS. <laughs> now, how did that come about? How did that script come to you? Um, to that the script for Blow.
2: The uh, director of that movie, Ted Demi, who passed away right after the movie was made, oh, wow. um, <clears throat> super fantastic, very very nice, kind, talented man. Um, he called me up and said, "I'm watching Pee Wee's Playhouse with my uh, young daughter and." I really wanna work with you on something. And would you read this script? And then I read the script and he offered me a different part. He offered me the part of the guy who's played by an actor named Jordy Moya, who. He's the guy who takes um, Johnny Depp's character down to Colombia and introduces him to- The dude that stabs him in the back eventually? Yeah. Ah. And he offered me that part, which I'm completely wrong for. I mean, that guy in the, in the <laughs> no, original script, that well, him. that guy was Colombian. And the guy kept saying like, you don't understand, man. You're, you're not Colombian. And I felt like the audience would be like, yeah, Pee Wee, you're not <laughs> Colombian either, man. Like, you know, no matter how good I was in that, I couldn't couldn't pull yeah. that off. So yeah. Yeah. I suggested I play this other part that was, you know, kind of the comic relief a little bit in that movie.
3: And the heart, because he's a nice guy. Like I said, like um, he just he cared even at the party at that last scene when, you know, before the raid, when he's looking at his wife and she's like freaking out. <laughs> like,
2: oh, that was so but, much fun. That was yeah. really a fun movie to make. That's All what I was going to ask. It. it
3: looked like it was a lot
2: of fun to make that movie.
3: Yeah. Man, I was could do a movie like that one day uh, it's just that much you fun. never know Chi Chi
2: <laughs> may make another movie
3: yeah I mean honestly it's like you know I'm, I'm a, a very selective like you um, something has to come down the pipeline that, that's stimulating and um you know, even well, you're character. a writer,
2: too, so... I try. You could I mean, write. I, 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 you got to write something for yourself, I think. A I'm vehicle. working on a some buddy stuff right now. With an older white actually,
3: guy. I'm actually going to send you this script I'm working on. I want you to tell me if it's crap or if it's good.
2: Okay. I need your opinion. I'm sure it's going to need like an older white character in it.
3: I actually have a character for you already. All right, perfect. So you don't, even, you don't even understand. I've already written you in the show. Oh,
2: perfect. All right. And
3: this is not... I'm not bullshit. I'm sure I'm going to love it, though. It's an amazing character. He's actually... I'll be the judge of that. He's, he's actually a mentor <laughs> of my characters, um, and... Uh, he steers you completely wrong. No, no, no. He gives them amazing advice on women, but also... Business advice as well, but he kind of hooks him up with, like my character kind of uh, hooks him up with, with stuff, you know, I don't want to get too into yeah, the details. I mean, it <laughs> sounds really vague. Um. <laughs> but, um, it's like, uh, it, uh, he found this uncle in a character, um, he never knew he would, and, uh. What's the name of it? Do you have a name yet? No, I want to keep it on the hush-hush. Okay. This is top secret. See, we're so Whatever cool. Whatever the title we're is. We're so cool. I'm putting, I'm telling top secret shit in here. I'm sure not even be talking about this, but
2: yeah. Um, I won't
3: yeah. tell anybody. We'll keep it a secret.
2: Um, I but, see it with like a number after it though, like number six or something. Yeah. Like you've already made five of them. Right, right. The, we'll, we'll do,
3: we'll find them. A franchise. Spin them off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that this is something that could be a big step to writing um and getting into that world but i don't know it's just an idea i've been sitting on and it's been in my head and i finally like two years ago decided to put the pen to the paper and start writing an outline and then learning how to like use final draft which took another year just for that and <laughs> and you know just learn i'm, you I'm, should I'm have curious. Called me. i would have told you how to do final
2: Draft so Man, fast i
3: would have loved that because you know but i figured it out because i have a lot of you know old scripts uh old pilots I really just wanted to find, you know, a good pilot structure, cause that's all all I really wanted to do is just know how I could do that, and then from there, it's, it's the, that's the blueprint, you know, for the show, and whoever else takes it from there. I just wanted to have that right, so I took it upon myself. I could have hired someone, but like I, I was up for the challenge, so I don't know. It it it, it could be shit, but I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I'll let you read it, and um, I think your character. I'm trying to find a way for him to um get paid a lot of money oh. well he's a big part of the show he's like my neighbor <laughs> and the it's like what I, I don't want to get into I don't want to like when we're not on the record it's really dope I'll tell you about it oh okay cool um and this is a dead scene. oh well so let's was, get yeah. off the record I want to hear all about it <laughs> but you know you're a busy man every time I talk to you you're like you know traveling doing this doing that and that. but oh so are you though I'm 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 trying I'm I'm trying to stay busy and and not lose my mind uh, but I I want to play you some new music and
2: oh I thought you were just, I thought you were just saying uh, I want to play you I could play you
3: in 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 a way where I could be like Pee Wee's apprentice and I'm also a uh in a suit uh, what kind of
2: suit would I have on like maybe like Pee Wee has a gray suit there was a very famous book called Black Like Me. That, and I have to I, Google it I always thought that that's what my title would be in a movie I would change I would do a movie very similar and call it Black Like P Black Like P hold on <laughs> Black Like Me oh wait here it is I found it
3: Black Like Me is a non-fiction book who's the author? it's somebody super John famous John Howard Griffin
2: oh no that's not who I was thinking The book describes a six-week experience
3: traveling on Greyhound
2: buses.
3: (laughs) That's a nightmare. Throughout the racially segregated states of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, passing as a black man. Wow.
2: That's my next movie. I'm going to remake that. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, that would be. I mean, no, I think that's probably at the time of
3: the book's writing, race relations in America were particularly strained. And Griffith aimed to explain the difficulties that black people face in certain areas. It was he was doing undercover research. You know, he's trying to prove a point. I like it. I'm not against it. Uh, I think, you know, some people would be mad, but.
2: No, the one I really want to make really remake is Death Wish. Ah, I think they are doing that with Bruce
3: Willis. Oh. I saw something. Oh. I saw something the other I day do a, about that. I wanna do it. I not inspired by bubble. that. Well
2: it'll just be inspired by that then. Yeah. just people yeah, but, say like, just I'm Pee Wee Herman and people say something to me and I go like what did you say? Exactly. And you just kill everybody. And then I kill everyone. Yeah, because yeah.
3: maybe they, you know, killed your wife and you have to get revenge or they kidnapped your daughter, you know, something, something. extreme. Something
2: happens at the beginning.
3: I get a hangnail. That pisses nail. you off, yeah. Like, in, in the whole movie, you're just hellbent on
2: slaying everyone that has anything I to do with I step on a push pin and it makes me so angry that I kill everyone in the world.
3: Well, or you kill everybody that has anything to do with the, the people that created that. The push pin yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. So you literally go online, you Googling, like, the manufacturers, you're going, you're digging deep. You're P.O. boxing. I mean, you're looking for the
2: CEO. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might, you
3: know, sourced the plastic. in the tailpipe. You know. Yeah,
2: exactly. Oh, no, no, no. That well, Sugar. Maybe, but that's a prelude to death, though, really. Well, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I mean, so what do you want to do? You want to just like- We started so light
2: and happy, and now I'm taking it into- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: let's double back. Let's double back. <laughs> yeah, let's take it light again. Where are my
2: notes? How um, about talking about a cute little puppy? All
3: right. I was thinking about getting a puppy. What kind of dog should I get for my daughter?
2: Something really tiny and cute. Yeah.
3: She said, she really told me a long specifically, time. she's like, daddy, can you get me something like I can actually like pick up um, and hold? Because I have a bulldog, uh, an old English bulldog who's just a beast. <laughs> uh, she just wants something. So I was thinking like, what, what would be practical?
2: Um... Well, a rescue dog you could go and Well, yeah, you know, but find is there a, a specific little mutt breed somewhere. or something like that? Ooh, I'm not a I'm not much of a dog person. I don't I don't know much you're, about you're dogs. You in the cats? No, I'm t- I, I don't have pets. Okay. I just like looking out the window and seeing the wild ones. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I don't like looking at the wild ones. This is like
3: when skunks come around, you smell them. I mean, I'm locking up the whole fortress. Skunks are not, my worst nightmare. My dog gets sprayed by one. And, you know, when the dogs get sprayed, I heard, like, it irritates their skin, right? It gets like, super itchy. So they run in the house, and then they're, they're freaking out. They don't really know what's going on. And then, you know, they're running throughout the house, and the house is reeking now of skunk. And you're trying to calm them down. <laughs> and I think my dog got sprayed, like, on the top of his head, not, not in his eyes, thank God. But, you know, you got to throw them in the bath immediately, put tomato soup on them, mm-hmm. and bathe them. And uh, that was an interesting experience. You had that
2: much tomato soup in your house? We had
3: to go get some. Luckily, I, my assistant was there with me. She helped me. Uh, if I was there by myself, it would have been a nightmare. Um, but we were able to go get some pails of a tomato soup right up the street.
2: And Thank uh, God! Yeah. Thank goodness! Yeah. That's the whole beauty of being famous—is having an assistant that can, <laughs> no. that can. That can or just a friend that can help, help you out help you in a out, skunk you know? situation. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, there's some people that want to help you out that you don't have to pay for. But me, unfortunately, I don't have those people around, so I have to like pay for them. I get it. Believe <laughs> me, I have an assistant too. A few shillings, but uh, I don't think I can handle a skunk or a raccoon or uh what did, what did I see the other day? Uh what are they call a mountain
2: lion? Ooh, you saw a mountain lion?
3: I thought what was a mountain lion? I don't know. I could it could have been an optical illusion. It could have been just shadows outside my house. I got a lot of bushes in the back. Shaped like mountain lions. Yeah, I mean, they get the wind. It's windy. So, uh, <laughs> this is, so, this is where
2: we include the laugh track. <laughs> you seem really busy. I'm going to lay that mirror.
3: That was a perfect cue. Perfect cue.
1: <laughs> this is Nick Dawson from Talk House Film, and you've been listening to Kid Cudi and Paul Rubens on the Talk House Film podcast. This episode was engineered by Sam Duell and edited by Mark Yoshizumi. The podcast producer is Elia Einhorn. For more filmmakers talking film and TV, visit the slash film. Subscribe to TalkHouse Film and TalkHouse Music Podcast on iTunes, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review if you can.
3: Yeah, do I hit my symbol here? That's it. Ooh, that sounds cool. That was cool.